The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Get your lineup set. It's time for start or sit. Let's go! Now here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. Okay, everybody. Welcome to the show. Happy Friday. Let's get ready for the weekend. Let's get ready for six NFC home games. Look, I'm Adam Azer, and I know that I'm weird. I know I'm just kind of a different, different dude. But how weird am I for saying that I actually enjoyed the football game last night? I enjoyed it. Weird? The first half wasn't bad. What part did you enjoy? Well, let me tell you. Let me give you a little little piece of advice. The game started at 8.15 or so Eastern. I didn't start watching until after 10 o'clock. I DVR'd it. So Mm -hmm. it is a great way to watch a game, especially one bogged down by penalty flags. Uh, and I finished the game like 15 minutes after it ended. So I think yeah. I, I might do that every every week now. <laughs> I've, I, I typically do something similar where I'll start a game about 45 minutes to an hour after it starts. And then I just fast forward through everything except for, you know, what matters, the plays. For whatever reason, yesterday wasn't that way for me. Started watching right at 8.15. Didn't stop <laughs> until the game was over. I don't know why I did it with this game. But I did. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I don't know. I thought that that they kept it close. They moved the ball pretty well in the first half. Both teams just yeah, couldn't really score. I agree. You know, couldn't couldn't get yep. in the end zone. And uh, for me, Kirk Cousins was an agonizing decision. It was Kirk Cousins or Matt Ryan or Drew Brees in a two QB league, and I had to play it safe. And he played really mm-hmm. well. He had three incompletions, but only eleven fantasy points, two hundred and eighty-five passing yards. Okay, what are our big takeaways? From Minnesota 19, Washington 9. Jamie, I'm going to ask you, is this the end of... McLovin! Is this the end of McLaurin? McLovin? The movie's over? (laughs) Well, we'll have to start it again. It's a great movie. Uh, Are you nervous about him going forward now? Um, If Case Keenum's still the starter, then I think he's still a borderline number two, number three receiver. Not next week against Buffalo, but... um, I mean, he was open plenty. He was beating Xavier Rhodes all day, and you know, it's just uh, it, it it's just a matter of who the quarterback is for Washington to move forward. Because if it's Dwayne Haskins, that's uh, a no go. He belongs on a roster for sure. Oh, you're not cutting him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I know it's it's ugly because he's at Buffalo and he had a bad game against Minnesota on Thursday, and then he's got a bye after the Bills game, and we we assume that there will be a quarterback change eventually. 
I want to see they go to head. No, no. I think I think they. I think now that the season's lost and Keenum got a concussion, I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Well, they've already said they're going back to Keenum if he's if he's ready to go off yeah. the concussion. I agree with that, but I bet by the end of the season it'll be Haskins because I mean, what the hell? They've got nothing else to lose. McLaurin. Well, they is, do have something to lose they, if if they don't think Haskins is a guy and they want to go back in the. Don't they have to evaluate him? Arizona got to put him out there if they want to go the Arizona route and take another quarterback. All you the more reason to put him out there and see if he can play. Right. So, Jamie, you don't think that. You, oh, I'm what, sure that they who's will. The, who's I'm, the quarterback? I'm, okay, right. So we probably think at some point Dwayne Haskins is going to be their starting quarterback. He looks terrible. I know it's it's he's come in twice in games that he hasn't started. It's not the ideal situation, but he's not ready. That's it's obvious, or he'd be playing. So uh, you know, it's it's just not good. I mean, McLaurin, look at Buffalo. No, bye after that. Okay, and then the schedule's not as bad. Jets, Lions. At the Panthers, at Green Bay, Philadelphia, Giants in Week 16. That's that's really good. You know, I, is he is he still even a top 24 wide receiver going forward, or is he more in the flex conversation? The flex conversation. Yep. Okay. And let's give a little credit to Adrian Peterson. I mean, it's three games in a row where he's been worth using. He was only started in in non PPR anyway. He's only started in 10 percent of leagues. He's 72 percent owned. 14 carries for 76 yards, plus two catches for 27 yards. That is now three straight games with uh, 76 or more rushing yards. And, yeah, I, that, that's all I have to say. I'm, I guess I'm surprised at, at uh, his effectiveness. I would say he, he looked good last night. And maybe the best he's looked, maybe, in the last two or three seasons. I, 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 I still... I'll give him credit for it, and he's also, like McLaurin, worth having on a roster and maybe use as a bi-week running back, but you're not going to be confident doing so. You won't feel confident using him against Buffalo. I don't think you'll feel great using him against the Jets when he comes off the bye. You know, he still remains a low-ceiling fantasy running back. All right, Jamie, let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Another 100-yard game for Diggs. That's three in his last four games. That's three straight games. Three, uh, No, four in his last five games. That's three straight games with 143 or more receiving yards for Diggs. He had a fumble. He didn't score, but he had a great game. And uh, this was no no feeling, obviously. But yeah, any any take. This was not a game that really requires a lot of dissection, I guess. But anything to say about the Vikings? <laughs> uh, no, I mean Dalvin Cook's awesome. Yeah, and Diggs is uh, you know, he's been on the most traded list, I think, for basically the entire season whether it's been people buying low with the hopes of this or selling high after one of his you know, previous good games. But I think you just have to understand he's not going to be a, a, a double-digit target guy, and so he has to be this efficient catching all seven of his targets. But this is what the upside is with him, as we've seen the last few weeks. And so th- they have a, a matchup next week in Kansas City. We'll see how that goes for them. You know, if, if the Kansas City magic holds... The Arrowhead Magic holds this week against the Packers. You're probably going to be a little bit concerned about, you know, how high you should value these guys and, and feel expected to return as well. Mm-hmm. But at this point, they're must-start receivers. Where would you rank Diggs rest of season? Because they both, I think Thielen and Diggs in that draft we did on Monday, both of them, I believe, went in the third round in a three-receiver PPR league with a flex. So you need receivers. Uh, I thought it was a little early for Diggs. So, okay, he's taking advantage of a... If, if Thielen were out, then no, it wouldn't be too early for Diggs. But we know what the situation is. It's a little inconsistent. The passing game's been just fantastic. Too good lately. It cannot be this good, this efficient, We should, I should say. So where, like, where yeah. would you rank Diggs? Who are some comparable receivers? This might sound crazy, but would you rather have Allen Robinson or Stefan Diggs rest of season? Robinson. 
Oh, I'll okay. take Diggs and non PPR, but Robinson in, in full PPR. All and right. and I think both I think I think you can qualify Diggs as a top twenty four, if not top twenty type of receiver. A number two receiver. He's proven it that he's he's gonna be boomer bust. He's not gonna give you good numbers every single week. We talked about that, but he's got potential. And potential's enough to start players in fantasy football. Oh yeah. But I think if you can turn him into a top twelve, like if you turn him into Tyreek Hill or something like that, you do that, right? Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, you can't do it straight up. You're gonna have to well, throw might. in some stuff. You might if Tyreek really? has a bad game. I I, I would do Diggs it. Is no, I'm, I'm just saying you, you have the the potential. This is why you explore traits, is that if now it's clearly contingent on Mahomes, but if Mahomes is going to be out for another two, three weeks and somebody needs to win now and Tyreek has a bad game, mm-hmm. then there's going to be some panic setting in. Sure. Look what Diggs is doing. Like I said, 143 or more yards, three straight games. Thielen played in two of them, four games out of five with, with 100 yards. Thielen played in three of those four big games. So, you know, I, maybe we could be wrong. Maybe he really is this good, but I think there's enough of a inconsistent track record between dig you know right. with digs when Thielen's healthy that that's probably what you should expect and they still are not throwing the ball a lot Kirk Cousins four four games in a row where he's played very well and he's thrown more than 30 passes once and I'll say he we can say he played very well I know the points weren't there last night but he did a good job all right that's Washington and Minnesota and Oh, there we go. We got the drop. All right. We got the survey for you to take at cbsports.com slash survey. Feel free to make a comment about the McLovin drop if you'd like. Uh, hashtag AskFFT all weekend long. We're answering your questions with hashtag AskFFT, mostly Saturday and Sunday morning. Uh, I'll be doing it on Saturday night. I think Jamie pops on there Saturday in the afternoon. But AskFFT, all the guys on the staff will be answering your questions, but you got to use that hashtag on Twitter. Hey, watch HQ. We got a DFS special today, basically, and, and the latest news and stuff uh, on Fantasy Football Today, noon Eastern on HQ. Fantasy Football Today is at 10 a.m. Eastern on Sunday on CBS Sports HQ. How do you watch HQ? Well, if you have a smart TV, if you have a Roku, an Apple TV, whatever, download the HQ app. It's all free, CBS Sports HQ app, and just start watching 24-7 sports coverage. And our radio show, Saturday night, CBS Sports Radio, Sirius Channel 206, Eye on Fantasy Football. 10 p.m. to midnight Eastern. It's going to be a lot of fun. It always is. It's a call-in show. Did you Do you know how many callers we had last week, Adam? I do because you told me, or I wouldn't have. What was it again? Like 54? Yeah. So we've got to awesome. beat that. We've got to beat that this Saturday. It's you and me again. All right. We're going to go for 55 plus. I will be brief so we can make it happen. Here are some stats to know as we get ready for the six NFC home games. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf share the lead with nine red zone targets for Seattle. Lockett has caught six of those nine targets for three touchdowns. And as Dave pointed out to me yesterday, DK Metcalf has not caught a pass in the red zone. 0 for 9. But I love the involvement, and you got to like the matchup at Atlanta. So what do these stats mean to you as we as we uh, take a look at the Seattle-Atlanta game? You know what to do with DK Metcalf, or I'm sorry, with Tyler Lockett at this point. You're starting Tyler Lockett. There's lots of good upside. And Metcalf is an excellent flex receiver this week, PPR or non-PPR, because of the matchup, because of the Falcons and how bad they are defensively. There are breakdowns. And I love the fact that they just keep trying to go to Metcalf in the red zone. He's got, it's not like he had like eight red zone targets in week one, and then they've just gone away from him since then. It's been steady. And I think that we could see him get a couple more on Sunday. 
All Good right. GPP play as well. There you go. Gerald Everett. In his last four games, Jamie, he has eight or more targets in three of four games, and he's had three good games. He had 44 yards and a touchdown, 50 yards and a touchdown, 136 yards at Seattle. He had one stinker when Jared Goff threw for 78 yards. But I just want to put it out there how involved Jared Everett has been, eight or more targets in three of his last four games. Well, don't don't dis- necessarily discount the game where Goff was terrible because he was second on the team in targets. Cup had six. He had five. So he had more targets than Woods and and Cooks in that game. So they've kind of made a concerted effort to, uh, you know, lean on both their tight ends. Higby's been playing a lot as, as well. Um, it, it's been a little frustrating because you haven't seen the the high ceiling games yet for Cooks and for Woods and even for Cup in the last stretch of games. But at a, at a position of need, you know, Everett's certainly been in the in the conversation to be a top ten guy. And I'd play him over Zach Ertz this week. I think it's a better matchup for him and a better situation just based on his performance and where Ertz is playing right now against Buffalo. And would you guys take Gerald Everett over Evan Ingram, who's been bad in four of six games that he's played? Not this week against Detroit, no. but it, it's it's getting close. Okay. Uh, by the way, the Bengals do allow the fifth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. It's really they haven't really faced a lot of good ones or anything, but. We'll keep an eye on that. Everett is certainly a start. Dave, running backs against the Bears without Akeem Hicks. Hicks has more or less missed three games. He's completely missed two games, and he got yeah. hurt early in one of them. Uh, a, a running back has scored 18 or more fantasy points in PPR in all three games that Hicks has missed or you know mostly missed. So uh, the Chargers come into town. 18 or more fantasy points in PPR in three games without Hicks there, uh, you know, running backs against the Bears. What does that mean to you? Well, it would mean that Austin Eckler would be a must start if I believe that the Chargers coaching staff would get him more involved. Since Melvin Gordon's come back, they have insisted on him being a big part of their offense. They are trying to get him going despite the fact that he is playing behind an offensive line that can open holes. And he just doesn't seem to have the same type of cutting and vision to to make it work. And and maybe it's the offensive line just really negating um, his special traits. I would love, to, and I think that this would be a great week for Austin Eckler to work out of the backfield, especially with Travis Benjamin now on IR. Chargers need speed on the field. Eckler's got it. He had a great game last week catching passes out of the backfield. I, I want to trust him in PPR leagues. Uh, if I have to trust him in non-PPR, I'm going to do it. And I think he's awesome in DFS this week. I think his price is right, and I think the opportunity to catch a lot of passes is there. For Austin Eckler. All right, but not for Melvin Gordon. Eckler. You listen, I, I still feel like Melvin Gordon is touchdown dependent. I don't want to rely on him for that. I don't think that he's going to, you know, what's he been averaging? 15-plus touches for sure. Yeah, it's I don't so know. I, yeah, like I can't yeah. count on him to turn that into 85 yards and a touch. No. I even though the Bears' defense has been bad, Chargers' offensive line has been bad, and he just has not looked good behind it, so I don't want to trust him if I don't have to. All right, just a couple more stats to throw at you. This is unbelievable. I don't know. I wonder when the last time this happened. Look it up. You won't be able to find it, but try. San Francisco yeah. has held the last three quarterbacks it has faced to 100 or fewer passing yards. Mayfield, Goff, and Keatum. 100 or fewer passing yards. Three straight games against... San Francisco, and those three quarterbacks have combined for two fantasy points. Uh, all right, Kyle Allen, you're up next. And uh, <laughs> good luck. Yeah, you're and, saying he's going to be bad. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think he's going to be terrible, but I don't. I think he'll get a hundred yards, but he may not throw for two hundred. 
And how about this? So since Sheldon Rankins came back, the the Saints have actually faced, he's their best defensive tackle. They've faced a lot of quarterbacks who can run the ball. Prescott, Winston, Minshew, Trubisky, they've combined for 21 rushing yards and no touchdowns in four games. Prescott, Winston, Minshew, and Trubisky, 21 rushing yards, no touchdowns against the Saints. Why is that relevant? Kyler Murray coming to town. All right, you got, these games are so much different than the AFC home games. Like these are these are some really good games, and uh, I don't know what game what games are, are you guys really fired up for this week, if anything. Tampa stuck. Bay and Tennessee, can't wait. No, come, see that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> I a- think that game's AFC interesting. Home I am excited game. about that game. Yeah, you're not excited uh, about serious. that game, really? Huh? Excited? Yeah. Absolutely. I want to see what Ryan Tannehill does for an encore, and I want to see how the Bucks look coming off the bye. I think the the Falcons-Seahawks game could be a lot of fun. I think the Lions-Giants game could be very interesting. It could be. You, you guys, like, I was yeah. looking for some rankings disputes for the NFC home games, and the only one I could think, like, really notice was uh, Daniel Jones. Yeah. You guys are, you know, I don't Yeah, I'm know. not as... I don't I'm know not how... As, you're all too high Daniel on Jones. him. I'm worried that you're all too high on him. I'm not even sure he should be if in the he, top twenty-four. If he doesn't, if he doesn't, if he doesn't poop his pants, he'll be okay. But he's probably like he he ate a lot of fiber. He's probably gonna poop his pants in this. <laughs> he, game. I mean, that's the problem is is if he doesn't poop his pants, you yeah. know, because if he doesn't poop his pants, um, it's it's a defense that's just frazzled and torn apart, you know, and and uh, but they they might be getting better. Uh, well, I was I was listening to a radio show and talking about how um, how the locker room was not happy about the dig straight. No, that's and true. so yeah. you know I I wonder how that plays itself out on the field. You know if if there's a any carryover because you see that from time to time. But I I do think that you know Golden Tate's going to have a monster game and Ingram should be fine. It's just a matter of a do they just lean on Saquon Barkley and try and protect Daniel Jones. Or is a shootout because I think you're going to see the Lions put up points and he's having to throw and maybe has the magical third quarter, certainly fourth quarter that we saw against Tampa Bay where he's, you know, bringing them back from 17 points down. Now, I don't think he's going to do that, but, you know, will he have a, a 20 plus point day? It's it's worth buying into if you're completely stuck at quarterback. And there's going to be a scenario where I'm sure one or two people um, are looking not one, but probably one person in every league that doesn't have the Breeze-Bridgewater combo and was looking at Teddy Bridgewater as the replacement option this week is now stuck because if Breeze plays, you know, now you're turning to somebody who does, you know, if, if Tannehill's gone, if Rudolph's gone, who's the next best fallback option? Is it Matt Moore? Is it Daniel Jones? You know, it's just a matter of what's the next quarterback that you pivot to. You know, yeah. so but I would take struggled. my chances with Daniel Jones over Ryan Fitzpatrick, for example. He struggled against Washington, 14 points, six point per passing touchdown leagues. Yeah, I don't know if that's Arizona. If, is, so is like that, if he can't do think, it against them, right? But I don't. I, I I the Arizona game. I agree with you because I had high expectations from that game. The, it's the the Washington game. It's it's almost like Kirk Cousins. Like I don't think he played necessarily poorly in that right. game, but it was Wayne Gallman just kind of carried the the offense there. Well, well yeah, so but he had the two. That could happen now that Saquon's there. Uh, agreed. It could happen. Um, when I initially ranked Daniel Jones, it was under the assumption that four or five Lions starters from. Last week, we're not going to, or from several weeks, we're not going to play. But it looks like Snacks Harrison's going to play. Looks like Mike Daniels has a chance to come back. Jared Davis is going to play. Darius Slay is the only one, and they traded Quandre Diggs. So the secondary could have some weaknesses, but the front seven should be all right. Not that they're a great 
rush the passer type of team, but they've done a good job of limiting Patrick Mahomes earlier this year and other players earlier this year. And I'm probably have Jones ranked too high. I want to see that final injury report. And if Slay plays, that really hurts Jones. All right. I feel like we have a lot of revenge games this week, including Golden Tate, including Adrian Peterson and Case Keenum last night. Minka Fitzpatrick revenge game. Uh, I'll try to come up with a few more, but I, th- I feel like that's kind of a storyline this week. But a bigger storyline this week is ZipRecruiter, everybody, because hiring can be a challenge. As Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner discovered, Gretchen needed to hire a game artist for her education tech company, and she knew it wouldn't be easy to find someone to grow with her team. And that's why she went to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And its technology identifies people with the right experience and invites them to apply to your job so you get qualified candidates fast. Gretchen posted her job on ZipRecruiter and said she was impressed with how quickly she found qualified applicants. She also used ZipRecruiter's screening questions to filter her candidates so she could focus on the best ones. And that's how Gretchen found a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. That's it, within one day. 80% of people are getting good candidates. That's awesome. So see why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. It's ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. One more time, ZipRecruiter.com slash FFT. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. All right, news and notes. Devontae Adams saying he feels a lot better. What was the exact quote? He feels two million times better. Two million times better. He must have felt terrible. Well, I guess we'll just have to wait and Still see. Still hasn't practiced yet, though. Could be a game time decision, but, you mm-hmm. know, playing accordingly. By low. By low. I will, yeah. Digs for Adams. I don't know if anybody would do it, but nobody's going to do that. Azer trade. Oh. Well, they can't Jamie, do it now because Diggs already played. How did you pull plays. off that trade? Which one? In the podcast league. Oh, my god! Which one? I made two. What were the trades? The I first didn't even one. See the Cortland Sutton one. Let me, you know, I got a story uh, it was offered about to that. Me. It was offered to me. You gave up who for Cortland Sutton? Tariq Cohen. What? Wait, but it gets worse. I saw this trade, and then I don't, I like, it takes me forever to check my email now. I got offered Cortland Sutton for my Ronald Jones, and I didn't see the trade offer. And I let JB swoop in and get Sutton for Tariq Cohen. I didn't swoop in. I just I, I fell into your lap, it sounds like. I saw my email and then I have yeah, just I a, a surplus of receivers and not enough running backs. And then I just flipped Sutton for Austin Eckler. <laughs> <laughs> you turned Tariq Cohen into Austin Eckler? <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I didn't like giving up Cortland Sutton. Uh, Sutton um, for Eckler is, is an even uh, trade, I'd say. Like It's an even trade. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So uh, that one it, it was even. It was um <sighs> It was a situation where <laughs> I had uh, Juju, Tyler Lockett, and oh Godwin, and Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton, and so I was like, you know, I I can't play five of them, so I needed to trade one of them, and that was the offer that was accepted. Watch yeah, me wow. turn this rock into gold. <laughs> I just if I had turned Ronald Jones into Cortland Sutton, there may have been a mutiny in the league. I wish I had done that. Right. But Instead, said, you turned Ronald Jones into Ronald Jones. Yeah, he's going to turn him into the waiver wire pretty soon. Dallas acquired Michael Bennett from the Patriots for a seventh-round pick. Could become a sixth-round pick. Defensive end Michael Bennett. Delaney Walker mispracticed, so we still have John Smith ranked <laughs> against Tampa Bay. 
Adam Thielen expected to play next week. Tyrell Williams expected to play. Do you guys feel better about him now, Tyrell Williams? Well, I mean, the fact that he's active, yes. Mm. Well, <laughs> no, no, no. Based on what we said yesterday, I think Heath was... No, I think he's still a number three receiver. Okay. Agreed. If Keenan Allen's out, would you start Mike Williams or Tyrell Williams? Mike Williams. Okay. I think I, I mean, might go Tyrell. Mike Williams was a target hog with Keenan Allen on the field prior to last week. Sure. Just not doing much with it, but yes. Right. Uh, and they're at Well, Chicago. he did in the two games? No, nah, I mean, not really. What are the PPR points? It was 12 and 13. That's okay. Yeah. For him? Well, that's the <laughs> no, thing. No, but for him, that's kind of what you expect. Get a ton of targets. If he's going to be the number better. one against Chicago, right. He's been getting a lot of air yards, so lots of downfield opportunities. They're trying... The, the Chargers are trying to get both these receivers going. They know that they haven't been producing lately. And if Allen is hamstrung, this is this is a problem. Yeah, Allen might miss I, the I don't game. think we Williams will take advantage. Yeah, we'll preview He'll be okay, game. but he won't be great. So Josh Jacobs missed practice. I picked up DeAndre Washington in like five leagues. I, am I crazy? Or are people just not no. caring about this? I, I did the same thing in a couple of leagues. Jacobs said Thursday if, he, if the game was Thursday night, he would play. So he's going to be fine. Then I guess I'm crazy. And he thinks he can play without practicing. It's it's not worth it. You're not crazy for doing it. What's the worst that happens? Right. Who'd you drop for him? Uh, I think I dropped uh, Cortland Sutton, Tariq Cohen. No, you didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody good. Nobody good. Right, exactly. Yeah. So you're taking a chance on Daryl Henderson got... in one league, you know, stuff like that. Malcolm Brown. All right. Uh, Patrick, Your life won't end. Patrick Mahomes did some. Okay, let's talk about Mahomes, Breeze, and Ryan. How many of them do you think play this week? Two. Which Breeze, two? Breeze and Ryan, right? Breeze and Ryan, yeah. I think, okay. look, it'd be crazy if they play Mahomes. I mean, obviously they need to win. They need to keep pace with the Patriots. So they're going to try and get home field advantage. <laughs> LOL. But, uh, agreed, but still. Um, it, you know, don't risk it. If if he's that close, then give him another week to make sure he's 100% and play him next week. What if they make him active, but they start Matt Moore? And there's a chance that if more stinks, they put in Mahomes. Wait. You can't trust Mahomes in fantasy if that happens. What if but they make him active that's a possibility. and he plays two snaps and then he leaves the game? <laughs> right, and then they get, tweet about it. Yeah, and me, then we get blamed for here. it. Alvin Kamara was limited in practice. We still think it's Latavius Murray, right? That's getting close. I mean, the fact, again, that they got rid of a running back and that he's you know trending in the right direction. I, if I'm the Saints, I... Wait a week. Toward, yeah, two yeah. weeks because he has a bye next week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Jamison Crowder has a knee issue. Robbie Anderson could get traded. That would Ooh. really kind of hurt the Sam Darnold love. Uh, yeah, I got a lot of questions. I I, I did a, I know you, you teased it before. I, I, I tried to do a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, ask FFT. And so um, the one yesterday I got a lot of, do I pick up Robbie Anderson? Do I drop this guy to hold Robbie Anderson? Because I was going to make a, a transaction. It, it We have no idea where he's going. You know, Philly makes a ton of sense just because they have a needed wide receiver. Um, there's probably going to be some surprise team in there that, you know, Seattle, uh, a team that can use another receiver too. But, you know, him going someplace else at this point, you know, I don't think he's going to be a significant difference maker. I could be wrong, but I, I don't I don't know if that should sway how you approach Robbie Anderson. Right? He would be a deep ball threat who would be very boomer bust. Right. So if he Which goes to, kind of what he is now, if he goes to Philly and Deshaun Jackson comes back, now you're talking about having Ertz, Goddard, Jeffrey, Jackson, and Anderson. It makes them better, but it makes our headache worse. Yeah. And if you're in a deeper league, you know, Demarius Thomas would stand to benefit from a Robbie Anderson trade. He's had and nine And he's already getting a lot of targets. In, yep. Yeah. Not doing much with him like Mike, like um, Mike Williams. But, you know, he's he's a guy. He exists. 
Uh, Christian Kirk was limited in practice. O.J. Howard missed practice. So maybe moving Cameron Braid up at Tennessee. Yep. And uh, D.D. Westbrook missed practice with a shoulder injury. Do we expect D.D. Westbrook to play? He's been in and out of practice for the past couple weeks, and he's played. So for now, I would say he's in. Okay. Let's beat the waiver wire going into fantasy week nine. Nine times. Jimmy Garoppolo at Arizona. Maybe. Uh, I don't Maybe. know that we're going to trust Mitchell Trubisky at Philadelphia, but he has a good matchup. You know, well, last time he had a good matchup against the NFC East, he beat them up. Redskins? Yep. yep. Three touchdowns. He's actually, it, his last two games, he's had 24, 25 fantasy points, other than the one he got uh, hurt. Two in. of his last three. Well, he got mm-hmm. hurt in one, right? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, he, I mean, it hasn't been, pr- like last week he needed 50 passes or something, but. Uh, okay. Yeah, that was a lot great, of garbage time. Great, great game plan, Matt Nagy. Baker Mayfield, I don't, I don't know why I put him on here. Like, his, his matchups suck, but he's Baker Mayfield, if you're, 65% owned. If you're putting Trubisky on here, you can put Mayfield on here. Well, Trubisky's the matchup. Yeah, Mayfield's the talent. Trubisky's the matchup. Garoppolo's the matchup. I, I think my favorite beat the waiver wire guy is probably, well, Marquise Brown, if you can get him, he's 76% owned. And Philip Dorsett, 52% owned. I'm still going to be sort of into that. Me too. Yep. Um, I don't see how, the, how how anything's changed or gotten worse for Dorsett. The Gordon's J- gone. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. The Jets are about to enter that stretch of great matchups. So, you know, hopefully Robbie Anderson stays for Darnold, but Darnold could could be good for you. We've talked about that so many times. I still think J.D. McKissick at 26% owned. I mean, Ty Johnson is, is almost universally Oh, he should owned. absolutely be picked up now. Yeah, right. McKissick. What about non-PPR leagues? I don't, I don't know. Care. I, I care. I think if that matters. I agree with you, but I, I think still, if, if Ty Johnson gets hurt, are they going to throw Trey Carson in there, Paul Perkins in there, sign yes. somebody off the street? They're or is it going to be McKissick getting five more carries and, and three more catches per game? It's absolutely worth picking up just to see. It's easy somebody to cut. You could take a look and see if DK Metcalf is available. He's got the Bucks next week. He's 79% owned. Benny Snell is probably not a bad guy to stash. Um, the Tennessee wide receivers are not bad to stash. See what happens there. Although they have a I would start Corey Davis. Yeah, yeah, right. Better this, this week. This week I would start him. And then DSTs, if you're looking to stash, we got the Jets at Miami, Seattle against the Bucks, the Texans at Jacksonville, the Cowboys at the Giants, and Detroit at Oakland. Not bad. Jets at Miami, Seattle against Tampa Bay, Houston at Jacksonville, Dallas at the Giants. Why, why Houston? Detroit. Yeah, I don't know. It's more about Jacksonville, but I guess Jacksonville's not that bad. Minshew doesn't turn the ball over. Yeah, they're not that bad. All right, we can eliminate them. That's fine. Jets, Seahawks, Dallas, and Detroit. Not bad options. And the Seahawks, if it's match up, you could. The Seahawks, if it's match up, you can use them this week. Absolutely. And right. I will say this to to Dave's point about um, the Lions getting healthy. Daniel Jones has been a turnover machine, and they gave up eight sacks last week. So I, I, don't, I don't mind the Lions this week if uh, if everybody's there. Yeah, that front seven's there. That makes their DST better. Let's do start, sit, or flex at best for some of the games that we'll be getting to later in the show. Devontae Freeman against Seattle. Start. Start if Matt Ryan plays closer to a flex if it's matchup. I think he has two games with more than 30 rushing yards this year. Devontae Freeman. But involved in the passing game. DK Metcalf yep. at Atlanta. Flex. Freeman or Metcalf? Freeman. Freeman. But don't say it like that. He's been terrible this year. 
Uh, I believe he's given you some pretty good fantasy production in two of his he last went from, three. He went from three PPR points in week one to 26 PPR points prior to getting lifted off the ground by Aaron Donald and right, like and then, a toy. Yeah. Yeah. He was having a very bad game, though, against the Rams. But well, a, as you pointed out, Jamie, Devontae Freeman had increased his fantasy points every week before the dud in week seven. Uh, Melvin, yeah, it was, Gordon, it was, it was, you know, newsflash. It was bound to happen that he was going to. You didn't back. think he was going to have like 33 no, points? I, no, no, I thought it would eventually get to 100 by the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler at Chicago. Eckler's a start. Gordon's a flex at best. I would say Eckler is closer to a flex in non PPR as a start in PPR, and Gordon is a flex at best in both. Um, it's I just it's just unfathomable to me. They had 18 total touches and nine PPR points last week. And he scored. And a touchdown. And he scored. Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida uh, against Carolina. Coleman is a start, closer to a flex in PPR, and Breida is a, a flex. I think he's a set. Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore at San Francisco. I, I, I'll i start more in PPR. He's probably a high-end flex in non-PPR. Samuel's a flex either format. Yeah, I would say flex at best, at best for both. Okay. If Kyle Allen's not throwing for 100 yards, it's going to be a little bit difficult for his receivers to make plays. He'll throw for 100. He might even throw for 150. You know, uh, I live obviously a very different life than I used to live now that I have a child who's 15 months old and I don't ever do anything. Well, I think it's just not that different than years past. But but let's just say hypothetically it's Friday night and I could just do anything I wanted. Well, we got the Knicks and the Nets tonight, and maybe I would take a little trip over to Brooklyn to see the Knicks lose to the Nets because I'm, you know, I, I like to be tortured. But uh, I would go to the SeatGeek app. And I would type in Knicks or Nets, whatever, and the results would come up. And SeatGeek would help me out by searching multiple sites, bringing in tickets from all over the web, and giving me the best values. Okay, that's how you go to the game. You don't want to go searching multiple sites. You don't want to do that work. You want SeatGeek to do it for you. SeatGeek really cares about the customer. They have great reviews uh, in the App Store. They make it very easy to buy your tickets. It's just an it's an extremely simple approach, and you get great prices because you get tickets from different sources. And by the way, every purchase is fully guaranteed. And we have a great offer for you of 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. And I do want to say that I get emails, I get tweets from people thanking me for recommending the SeatGeek app because they are seeing what I'm seeing, that things are just less expensive and just easier on SeatGeek. So please download the SeatGeek app. And use our promo code to get 10 bucks off your first purchase. Download the app and use the code FFT for 10 bucks off that first purchase. Again, that is promo code FFT for a $10 discount on SeatGeek. All right, here we go. Giants are at the Lions, the first game that we are previewing today. And your stat of the game, a running back has scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR in six of seven games against the Giants. The only exception was the Washington game. In fact, Buffalo and New England had two running backs that scored double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR. Double-digit fantasy points in non-PPR is a solid floor. That's, you know, at, at worst, a number two running back, somebody worth starting uh, in non-PPR. If there are no catches, then, okay, that's probably, like, closer to 24 in PPR or something, but that's a good game. So what do you think about Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick this week? Are you recommending them? Before, before you guys found the guy's name. So it's Tyler Junior College, and his name is Ren Reynolds. Oh, and he ran. Does he have a friend named Stimpy Simpson? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Ty Johnson know, it, and uh, J.D. McKissick. 
I think Ty Johnson's worth using as at least a flex uh, number two running back. So if you picked him up, you know, and you're stuck at running back, it, it's it's such a good matchup against the Giants. And the assumption would be that he's going to get the significant portion of the 19 plus touches that carry on Johnson was averaging prior to leaving the game last week. So in his first five games, he was basically around 19 touches per game. So if he's getting 16 touches against the Giants and, you know, hopefully they're quality touches, it's uh, it's an offensive line that's struggling to run block. We saw that in carry on Johnson's bad games. You know, he was great against the Chiefs, but for the most part, everything else has been a little bit of a struggle. And I would assume he's probably going to get two to three catches uh, on top of that. You know, they don't really throw their running backs in a lot. McKissick would probably take the majority of that stuff. But, you know, it's just hoping for him being the one near the goal line, him being the one getting the majority of the the, the quality touches. And so it's uh, it's not as good as, let's say, Chase Edmonds. You know, if you had the choice of picking both those guys up or you picked up Edmonds last week and and Ty Johnson this week. But there's still an opportunity here for the 80% of the Wayne Gallman game that we saw against Washington. 70% of the Wayne Gallman game. You know, just a guy stepping into a, a positive role in a good matchup. Well, Chase Edmonds, I mean, does have a brutal matchup. So you, you would still start Edmonds over Ty Johnson? They're back I, to back for me. Uh, yeah, it's not close for me just by because of I don't think anybody's taking Chase Edmonds off the field. Mm-hmm. If this game gets up and down and Ty Johnson's not running well, then we'll see a lot more J.D. McKissick because they clearly trust him more in terms of passing situations, pass blocking. Uh, Daryl Bevel has a, a track record with him. So that would be the concern for me is that Chase Edmonds passing downs, running downs, you know, he's going to be the guy there. And we've seen numbers against the Saints, if you get 13 or more touches against the Saints, you don't have a great rushing total, but your total yards are typically pretty good. And so I think that's where I would come out on this is that, you know, full workload and track record. I, I would lean yeah. toward Chase Edmonds, but um, Ty Johnson has a, a much better matchup. I wouldn't surprise me if they were similar in fantasy points by the end of the week and that Chase Edmonds maybe two or three better in non-PPR and three or f- to five better in PPR. Um, yeah. But 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 I, I, but I just I think, also I think the matchup is too good for Johnson. It yeah. is good, but but last week, I mean, Jamie said if they lose confidence in Ty Johnson, or whatever. Like I've said this now, this is like the fourth time this week I'm saying it, but that may have happened already in the second half when he had three carries and J.D. McKissick had two carries. They were uh, also they trailing were behind. at that point. Yeah, yeah, they were, but he didn't run the ball well, Ty Johnson. So. You know, not last week, no. So, but he no, has but, in the past. But Carrion hasn't been running the ball exactly. well. This is just not a good running team. Exactly. And so, if they can't run against the Giants, and let's just say it's not a wouldn't be such a shock because the Detroit defense has been a letdown, healthy or not, that Saquon gives them a, a, a touchdown lead. They they hold. They get a field goal. They're up ten points, and all of a sudden it's we can't run the ball. You know, so Ty Johnson's off the field. All right. So Matthew Stafford is your number three quarterback. This week, holy cow! The start of the week. It's a it's a perfect storm for him. It's perfect. It's a good matchup at home with no reliable run game. So you're going to see the attempts go up, and I think the production is going to be uh, four touchdown good. I don't know about that, but three touchdowns. I think you can write that in for him. There's only been two teams that have not had a quarterback over 21 fantasy points against. The Giants. So I would say that's kind of the floor is, you know, right around early 20s. And so I don't think he's going to let you down. And then it's, you know, can he get to the same ceiling that he got against Minnesota? Um, where he's 36 points. You know, that was the season best for him. He's averaging a career high right now, uh, 8.03 yards per attempt. You know, so he's challenging down the field against the secondary that has struggled when they haven't had a pass rush. And I don't think they found a pass rush. So 
it's uh it's an opportunity here with Marvin Jones coming off a great game with Kenny Galladay the chance to bounce back and and still play at a high level. Um, the other two guys that have have had flashes with Danny Amendola and TJ Hawkinson. And then look for, for what Ty Johnson may do as a runner. I think both guys kind of profile as good airbacks, you know, guys that can get out of the backfield and catch the ball. Um, McKissick being better than that than, than Johnson. So, you know, there's just so many weapons at his disposal. I don't see the giants slowing him down. So uh, it's, it's a great setup for Matthew Stafford. Okay. So the only quarterbacks you guys have ahead of Stafford are Wilson and Watson. And that's all three of you have Wilson, Watson, Stafford, one, two, three in some order. So, okay, uh, uh, Marvin Jones. Is Marvin Jones a better fl- – obviously, Kenny Galladay is a must-start, right? Must-start. Uh, I think they both are. Mm-hmm. Okay, is Marvin Jones a better flex than a Detroit running back, than Ty Johnson, let's say? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, What else we got with this? Yeah, game? I'll take Jones and PPR over Ty. I guess I, I mean, I'd like to spend a little more time on the running backs just comparing them to some players like Melvin Gordon or Ty Johnson. I'll take Ty. Uh, I'll take Ty Johnson, too. Melvin Gordon or J.D. McKissick? I'll take Melvin Gordon. Same. Okay. How about Philip Lindsay or Ty Johnson? Lindsay. I take Ty. No. Dave talked Ty. No, I don't. I'll take I just wanted to say oh, that. Oh, Dave does not talk Ty. Okay. I, uh, no, I do not take Ty. I take Lindsay. How about T.J. Hawkinson? Start or sit? It's the same thing every week. With I, can he catch a touchdown? Can he have a football stay in his hands <laughs> for more than half a second while he's standing on painted turf? I think if you tell me right now, and we'll know this by the end of the day, that OJ Howard's out. I'll take Bray. I'll take Bray for sure. And it's close for me. I have Hawkinson ahead of them now, but it's close for me with Johnny Smith and Josh Hill because – I don't see a significant difference in what the targets will be. I hope Hawkinson will get more. I expect him to get more. But you're talking about the tight end against the Cardinals and the tight end against the Bucks, And those have typically been situations that are winning situations. I'll take Hawkinson ahead of those guys, even if the starters in front of them are out. Just because I think the Lions, this is just more credo for Matthew Stafford. Right. I think they're going to throw so much that... Um, Hawkinson is still going to get some value. He's going to get targets, and hopefully he will hang on to a touchdown pass. All right, you guys are are all in on Golden Tate. Is he better than Marvin Jones? Another revenge game, and uh, he's been getting good volume yeah. the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Nine or more targets. Is he better than Marvin games. Jones? I think oh, that's yes, close. He's, he's better than Marvin Jones. I think it's close. He's He's gotten 20 targets in, in two games. And so... That alone right there puts him in a great spot. Darius Slay is out. It's a great situation for him. He's got the motivation of, apparently there's the, a, a story that I read this morning. The Lions offered him a contract extension. He was a free agent last year, and he turned it down. Guess didn't like the offer. They traded him the next day. So went to Philadelphia. You know that was a disaster. And now he's yeah. in the situation where he feels happy. And so coming back to Detroit, you know, it would be a different situation if it was just in New York. Or New Jersey, uh, I think he's going to light him up. You know, so it's another reason to like Daniel Jones. Uh, well, I mean, we've seen Daniel Jones get good production from Golden Tate the last two weeks. Yeah, and Daniel Jones poop yeah. all over himself. Yeah, it's so thing, right, yeah. So like Daniel Jones is seventeenth for Jamie, but eleventh for Dave. Do you anticipate moving oh, Daniel, Daniel Jones? Jones poop talk? Do you do you anticipate moving him down? Yes. In the rankings? Well, listen, if Drew Brees and Matt Ryan play, do you really think I'm going to tell you to start Daniel Jones over those guys? Okay, no but you got him ahead of Kyler Murray, Teddy Bridgewater, yep. Ryan Tannehill. I, I will keep him. 
You know, the only guy that I'm actually thinking about moving him behind from who you just said is Tannehill. Okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm impressed by what I saw. Can the Titans keep it up? Can Tannehill keep it up? That's the only well, thing. Can, yeah. Can, can Daniel Jones, you know, <laughs> have a have better than one half of football game? I was about to say something Tampa Bay? so inappropriate. Thank, thankfully, I stopped myself. Does it have to do with pooping? No, even worse. That's what we've been talking about with even Daniel worse. Jones today. That's Evan, the theme of this podcast. Saquon Barkley start. Evan Ingram. Well, it's a great matchup for Saquon Barkley. Hopefully he like goes off and wins you a league. Has, I don't a week. I don't know if he's really done that yet. But uh, Evan Ingram, you know, are you confident in him or just kind of have to start? I mean, I feel like if he struggles again here, then we might start thinking about sitting him. Uh, I'd but, start Hooper, Henry, and Waller ahead of him. Those are probably the only three guys. Um, Kelsey and Kittle. Those are obvious guys. I think you'd start them over Ingram anyway. I don't know how obvious obvious it is with Kelsey with more, but sure. Okay. So if you picked up Hooper, if you picked up Waller, if you picked up who was the other one you said? Henry. Hunter Henry. You can start him over Evan Ingram. Double H. All right, we're gonna take a break here. Uh not an audio break, just a change studios break. So, you know, we'll talk about Arizona and New Orleans in about one second from now. Stat of the game as Arizona goes to New Orleans. A running back has scored double-digit fantasy points. This is a lot like the Giants stat. In non-PPR in five straight games against Arizona, but all of those running backs had 18 or more carries. Four running backs have scored 16 or more PPR fantasy points against Arizona in their last five games. So this is a pretty good-looking matchup for Latavius Murray, and he is a no-doubt-about-it start, right? Yeah, assuming that there's no Alvin so, yes, he could even course. be a decent flex if Kamara is active because I have a hard time believing that the Saints are going to pile on the touches on Kamara heading into their bye. Okay, so if Kamara plays, is he a no-doubt-about-it start given what happened last time he was out on the field? Yeah, I would lower expectations if he plays. I mean, you're not benching him. You're not ben- <sighs> Okay, you're not going to bench him for, like, Ty Johnson, but no. would he Would he be, even be, like, a top-10 running back? Yes. All right. I don't know if he'd be that high for me. You're not playing Chase Edmonds over him. You're not playing Ty Johnson over him. You know, I mean, mostly it's going to be the usual suspects. Okay, let's talk about Chase Edmonds. He had 27 carries last week. David Johnson had only two games of more than 12 carries all year. By the way, the next four matchups for Chase Edmonds, or if he's the if he's the guy, uh, against top four teams against running backs. So brutal schedule starting right now. What I've noticed from the Cardinals is that they they like to tailor their offense to their opponent's weaknesses. And that's a little bit different than what they were doing at the beginning of the season, which is let's put four wide receivers on the field and see if we can attack via the forward pass. They're, they are modifying, and that's a plus. And it actually makes it a little bit easier to trust certain players in fantasy because of it. It just so happens this week that the Saints really don't have a lot of weaknesses defensively. They're great against the run. They've got... Um, Marshawn Lattimore, that's going to hurt half the field for Collar to throw to. It's not an easy matchup for them. So who are you starting? Like Who, who are you confident in with the so Cardinals? I, I don't want to start Kyler Murray. I just I don't have enough confidence in uh, quarterbacks that I have ranked behind him. I, I think, this is I think a, he a, could struggle. I think this is a week for Murray like we saw against the Saints earlier this season where quarterbacks are just sort of getting to that 20-point number, not necessarily with a huge ceiling. So I think I know what you said, Adam, about quarterbacks who run against them, but I think he'll still get you three to four points with his legs, you know, 30, 40 rushing yards, a mm-hmm. uh, chance to run one in. 
I think he'll throw for one. It's a matter of how much mistakes will he make and what the yardage ceiling is on top of it. So he doesn't feel like a high ceiling player this week. No, 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 no. I he's would not, like him better if Christian Kirk played. He's not a DFS guy unless you just want to be contrarian and hope that he pops. But I, I think he's, you know, like I'm, I have Kyler Murray in a couple of leagues. I'm not making a transaction to pick up Ryan Tannehill or, um, you know, Mason Rudolph. I, I throw Bridgewater in there too, but we don't know his status. But, you know, the two, the two main waiver wire guys that we talked about Tuesday, like I, I don't think that's the, the move you want to make unless you have, you know, just roster spots to play with. Uh-huh. And you guys would start, um, well, Jamie would start Minshew over him. Dave wouldn't. You would start Josh Allen over him. Jacoby Brissett, uh, close. Jamie, Dave says yes, Brissett over Murray. Jamie, not quite, but they're close. I think they're the same type of quarterback this week. I think they'll be right around 20 fantasy points. Okay. Chase Edmonds or Marvin Jones? Um, Jones and PPR, Edmonds and non. Yeah. Chase Edmonds or Mike Williams if Keenan Allen's out? I'll take Edmonds. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Larry, Larry Fitzgerald or Chase Edmonds? Uh, Edmonds. Chase Edmonds. I think Fitzgerald has a bounce back game this week, but it's not something I, I can say with any certainty. I just think that they're going to be chasing points and you get him away from Lattimore just right. where he lines up. So I know he's not ranked to where... I had him ranked for the last month because he's been a disappointment. But I think if you're still starting three receivers in the three receiver league, I'm not benching him. It's it's more so for PPR because I think he can get six plus catches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, New Orleans has allowed 100 yards to a wide receiver in four of seven games and 87 yards to Allen Robinson last week. So the Dallas and the Jacksonville games were the only times they were really, really good against wide receivers. In fact, the Saints give up the ninth most fantasy points to receivers. But you do have to factor in Larry Fitzgerald just hasn't been very good. It's just plain and simple. Um, uh, the uh, the quarterbacks for New Orleans, maybe if Drew Brees plays, maybe that makes it better for Kyler Murray and Larry Fitzgerald. You know, they just you'd think they'd score more points. But where would you rank Brees if he plays? Top, Top twelve. 10. Ahead of I'd Kyler take him Murray. Over Murray. Yeah. I take him over Brissett. I take him over Jameis. What about Bridgewater? Bridgewater is a little bit lower, but. I mean, I like top him. fifteen. This pass defense is awful, but they had one game where they were good, and it was with Patrick Peterson. It's possible that he is going to make that big of a difference, uh, but they do give up the fourth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, the third highest passer rating in the NFL. They did a very good job against Daniel Jones. Maybe Peterson is going to make that big difference. We talked about Latavius Murray; he's a must start if Kamara is out. If Kamara is in, you can play them both. Uh, Murray would be a flex. And I guess to put it in perspective, if Kamara plays, would you go with Murray or Ty Johnson? Ty Johnson. Um, I'd go Kamara. No, I, <laughs> if Kamara plays, do you go with Murray or Ty Johnson? Oh, Ty Johnson, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And Michael Thomas, is that the only Saints wide receiver you're going to start? Um, yes. Mm-hmm. And then Josh Although Hill. if Breeze plays, it makes... Ted Ginn a little more attractive because home games is where he typically excels and he would almost certainly not see Patrick Peterson unless he just lines up there. I didn't see the Peterson travel last week. I can check. I don't think uh, so. Peterson's going to travel with Michael Thomas on the outside for sure. But Thomas lines up inside so much. I know. So on those plays, I don't know if Peterson will go, but I will. He, he, I, I, I will can tell you for check. sure, for sure. He did not follow Golden Tate. 
Uh, well, I'm like right, 90% sure take place about in the that. Slots so I, I don't think he followed Darius Slayton. <laughs> uh, and no, then but he lined up against someone. As far as Josh end, Hill goes, I'm sorry. As far as Josh Hill goes, we don't expect Jared Cook right now. And Hill is definitely a streamer. I mean, he's definitely an option there along with Hawkinson and Jonu Smith and Cameron Brait. Um, I think we've talked about it enough, but he's right there. So so if Howard's out, Brader Hill. Great. Great. Arizona allowing the most fantasy points to tight ends. Final question, if Jared Cook plays, does he go into your top 10 like ahead of Eric Ebron? Yes. No. No? No. Okay, he's got a touchdown in two straight games. That's all he can get you. And it's against and Arizona, will. so he'll get it. Cincinnati at the Rams. Stat of the game number one. Let's talk about... Wait, wait, wait. Do you want the details on Peterson? Go. He's He played nothing but outside corner last week, and he did that all of last season. So, And I'm sure it's been that way for most of his career. The only way he would travel into the slot is if the coaches say, hey, go follow this guy no matter where he goes. It's a different coaching staff than what he had last year. Maybe they do it, but my guess is that he won't. Cincinnati and the Rams. We might have some FanDuel options here, and you need to get in our FanDuel contest at FanDuel.com slash FFT, baby. No, baby's not part of the URL. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Actually, the contest is FanDuel.com slash League slash FFT. You need to sign up at FanDuel.com slash FFT and get $5 in site credit every week for four weeks. That is a great, great offer. You can get into a $5 contest basically for free four straight weeks. So go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. Sign up. Put 20 bucks in. Get 20 bucks back in site credit. $5 a week for four weeks. Now, you're tired of your buys. You're tired of all your injuries. You got Devontae Adams and you can't take it anymore. You got Alvin Kamara. You don't want to stress picking up DeAndre Washington to cover your butt if you have Josh Jacobs. Okay, don't worry about it. Just go on FanDuel and play the guys that you know are playing and play the ones that have good matchups and play the players that you don't think a lot of others are going to have in their lineups, the contrarian plays that win you a lot of money. Love me some FanDuel. Several lineups every week. Heath has like 100 lineups every week. People who love DFS absolutely love playing on FanDuel. It is the best. So go to FanDuel.com FFT and sign up right now. Get that 20 bucks in site credit, five bucks a week for four weeks. FanDuel.com slash FFT or download the FanDuel app. All right, here we go with the Rams and the Bengals. Jimmy Garoppolo, the only quarterback to score more than 22 fantasy points against the Bengals without a rushing touchdown. Teams just don't throw enough on the Bengals. Um, but, you know, they were worse. They, they were pretty bad against wide receivers last week, which they had been good against uh, all year, basically, without Drake Kirkpatrick. So that... Uh, yeah, so that that's a big difference for them. Anyway, um, how do you feel about Jared Goff? <laughs> is my long way, long-winded. You got to start him. Confidence restored last week. Another great matchup this week. Biggest concern is if Todd Gurley in the run game takes too much away from him. Right, and remember, eleven of the last twelve running backs with fifteen or more carries against the Bengals have had a hundred yards rushing or a touchdown. The one who didn't had ninety-one rushing yards. So it's just a lock. You get 15 carries, you're going to have a big game against the Cardinals. But Todd Gurley might be bad enough this year to get like 60 yards on 15 carries against the Bengals. I think I said the Cardinals. I meant the Bengals, sorry. Um, Is Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley or Latavius Murray if Kamara's out? Gurley. Um, If Kamara's out, it's Latavius by a lot. By a lot. 
All right. I don't think it's by a lot, and I don't think it's Latavius. <laughs> I think I'd rather just go with Gurley in the matchup against Cincinnati. Yeah, I love, love, love Latavius Murray if Todd Gurley's – if uh, Alvin Kamara's not there. I like Gurley, but I think Latavius showed you last week the sure. ceiling, and Gurley has yet to get to that ceiling. Yeah, well, he's not going to get 27 carries like Latavius. Uh, right. Yeah. Like, I think Daryl Henderson's a great sleeper this week if you're stuck. Jared Goff, by the way, is fourth for Dave and Jamie, seventh for Heath. So they do have a lot of faith in him after 28 fantasy points with a rushing touchdown against Atlanta. Um. All right, so the wide receivers for the Rams. Are you starting them? Who are you starting? Cup, for sure. Uh, Denard got hurt last week for Cincinnati. There's a chance he doesn't play. That makes the matchup even easier for Cup. Yeah, William Jackson's going to play, though. He's back. Yeah, but he's on the outside. Um, I feel like Cooks is due, and they tried to get Cooks a touchdown last week. Uh, it was on a screen pass. It got tipped. I, I think they're going to try and get Cooks involved. So hunch plays that he's got some appeal, but is still a low-end number two receiver. Yeah, I'm still starting all three. If I've been starting them this long, I'm still sticking with them. <laughs> well, I, I apologize for your two and five record. Uh, it's just just kidding. But Marvin Jones or or Cooks Woods? Uh, Jones. I think I feel better about Jones. Corey Davis or them. Uh, I like Davis, so uh, I like Davis too. But I think there's more upside with the other guys. All right, and, and I'm not including Cup here because he's going to be ahead of the pack. And then Gerald Everett is a top ten tight end. You can start Gerald Everett, even though Cincinnati's been all right against tight ends. You can start the Rams DST. They are top six. We go over to the Bengals. Sit Andy Dalton, even though he's actually you know, he's like all but two games. He's had kind of good fantasy production. Yeah, but you said it yourself about. Patrick Peterson and the impact of the Cardinals defense. Look what one game with Jalen Ramsey did for the Rams defense. Yeah. Really want to see that going forward. They just lost so much in the secondary, but Ramsey obviously uh, helped a lot. And, oh, uh, Mixon. Go Mixon. <laughs> Starter sit Joe Mixon. Sit Mixon, right? Sit. I don't know if there's a good argument for any Bengals player. Uh, Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate. I mean, what do you think? I, I, I looked at Boyd's game from last week, and he, he had three drops, first of all. He fumbled the ball away when he was pressing to try and make a play after the catch. And Jacksonville was physical with him. And he also, when he lined up on the outside, he was getting pushed around. And you're, he will see Jalen Ramsey when he lines up on the outside. I, I would try and get away from all Bengals. Would you start every Rams receiver over Tyler Boyd? And Stills and Davis. All right. Chargers are at the Bears. Well, I, t I gave you this earlier. Um, actually, no, I didn't give you this. This is about the Bears running backs. A running back has scored 16 or more fantasy points in non-PPR against the Chargers in three straight games. All three of those running backs, Lindsey, Connor, and Henry, big, big games. They all had 15 or more carries. And Connor actually didn't run the ball well, but he had a big game receiving. And if you look at the Chargers game log, the bad running backs have not really run the ball well. So how much faith do you have in David Montgomery against the Chargers? I think this is a squeaky wheel game for David Montgomery. There's a couple things at play. One, the Chargers think against the run, so that should help. Two, Matt Nagy sort of calling himself out or defending himself in any event on Monday when asked about why they only had seven rush attempts against the Saints. And he said, I know we need to run the ball. I'm not an idiot. And then you see what Heath brought this up 
what Montgomery's numbers have been in wins versus losses, I think they're going to win this game. It's also a matter of feeding David Montgomery. We've seen, you know, I, I think I referenced this the other day, um, there was a story in NBC Chicago Sports that said his numbers on second car- consecutive carries, his yards per carry is 4.7 comparatively to his season average of 3.3. So I think this is a game where they feed him and he gets going. I don't know if he's going to have 100 and a touchdown, but I do think this is going to be his best game of the year. And I, I don't feel the same way. I think his lack of elusiveness is a problem. I think the Bears are going to run the ball more. I don't think it's going to necessarily be all going to David Montgomery. I think Tariq Cohen could get involved. I think Mike Davis could get involved. I think Cordero Patterson could get involved. And they're just going to see what works against the Chargers. And it's not like the Chargers' run defense is any good. They're bad. But when you've got a running back like Montgomery who's not breaking away very often, he's an easier target to tackle. So I think they can handle Montgomery, and if the Bears just go and give him 21 carries, he's gonna he, the rushing average won't change. I think he needs the touchdown in order to come through for fantasy. That goes without saying, I think, because he doesn't have a lot of 100-yard potential. Okay, so how about ranking the running backs in this game? It's going to be Eckler, Gordon, Montgomery for me. What's the format? Well, do both. Because that's important in this particular game. Yeah, that's mine for either format. Yeah, in non-PPR, I'll go Montgomery, Eckler, Gordon. In PPR, it's Eckler, Montgomery, Gordon. Excuse me, we have a fourth. I think, again, have... this is going to be, trust me, this is going to be the David Montgomery game that you want to have a piece of. But this is the, we, we, we also have a running back who caught like eight passes last week that you haven't ranked, Tariq Cohen. Oh, uh, yeah, nine passes, as a matter of fact. Nine, yeah. Yeah, but like five of them were on the last drive. Maybe they start yeah. using them on drives before the last drive. Maybe this is the <laughs> guy that Nagy needs to... Not be an idiot about. He's last though of those four running backs. Oh, distant. I would take Cohen ahead of Montgomery in PPR. Distant last. Wow, Dave. In any format. Not yeah, I think Montgomery. I, I think Montgomery is the problem. Yeah, this is the game that David Montgomery goes off. Mark my words. Okay. Words I hope he's good. Like I hope he's a good player. Because the jury's out on that. But the, dude, yeah. I've got him on half my teams. I'd love for him to be a good player. Yeah, yeah. He looked like such a good buy low. Also, it hasn't quite happened yet. Mr. All right. Window. So. Philip River. Uh, let's go to the Chargers. Philip Rivers, sixteenth for you guys. Obviously, I, you sink him if Keenan Allen doesn't play. Yeah, of course. Uh, I started the week liking Rivers, figuring that they're just going to come out firing, and he's going to have to throw a lot and lean on Eckler. And uh, I soured. I soured. It's it's the offensive line continuing to deteriorate. It's the Bears' pass rush. The Saints did a great job containing Khalil Mack. I don't think the Chargers can replicate that. So Rivers is going to be under siege all game long. Yeah, I know you guys like Eckler more than Gordon, even in non-PPR, right? I do, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Would you take Melvin Gordon or Sony Michelle? Uh, Sony Michelle. Sony. Would you take Melvin Gordon or Tevin Coleman? Tevin. I would take Tevin Coleman. Melvin Gordon or LaShawn McCoy? McCoy. Um, McCoy. Okay. Sitting Melvin Gordon. Hunter Henry must start. And then, you know, if Keaton Allen plays, I mean, do you trust him? He's got four straight games with no more than five catches or 61 yards and no touchdowns. Um, he is a mid close to 20, number 20 wide receiver. Yeah, I've got him higher than that. How about I'm Allen Robinson versus Keenan Allen? Uh, Robinson, easy. Okay. 
Yeah, Allen Robinson is well. I think Dave might have Keenan Allen ahead of Allen Robinson, but they're both. I do. I, I obviously if Keenan Allen doesn't play, that's an obvious switch. And if he's limited, and then he ends up coming into this game at less than 100 percent, we catch wind of that before it's easy to move Allen down. Allen Robinson is on pace for 109 catches, 1,237 yards, and eight touchdowns on 157 targets. He's getting 10 targets a game. He has twice as many red zone and green zone targets as anyone on the team. Um, he, How many fuchsia zone targets is he? Fuchsia, I don't know. I don't have the breakdown of that. And uh, all right, yeah, you can't sit Allen Robinson at this point. You can start the Bears DST and the Chargers DST low end starter. Carolina at San Francisco. I forget anyone in that game, by the way. I don't think I did. Carolina at San Francisco. So. <laughs> Not only have the Niners not allowed more than 100 passing yards in three straight games, they haven't given up a touchdown to a running back all year, still. And they haven't given up more than 10 PPR fantasy points to a running back, still. So we're sitting McCaffrey, right? Yes, of course. Of, certainly. Yeah, no. McCaffrey Especially actually... Especially playing against me. He has run the ball very poorly in both of the tough matchups that he's had. But I'm not even going to get into it. Like, obviously, you start Christian McCaffrey. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. All right, DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel, what do you think about them? So I like Moore. I like the target volume. There have been three receivers with seven-plus targets against the Niners who have all come through for good games. And DJ Moore's had eight-plus targets in four of his last six. And when he lines up, typically he's on the left side of the formation, and that means he's away from Richard Sherman. He might see undrafted rookie cornerback Emmanuel Mosley. I think that's a matchup the Panthers will buy into. He's my favorite. Um, he's my favorite pass catcher in the game. Yeah, I don't. I don't know which DJ Moore we're going to get because the first two games with Kyle Allen, it was combined seven targets, and the last two games it was eighteen targets. So is it the guy that we've seen the last two weeks, or is it the guy or two games, or is it the guy that they started out with Kyle Allen and going that route? Um, I think he's at best number three receiver. Same thing with Curtis Samuel and Greg Olson makes me nervous. Well, I'm just so interested to see how this Niners defense does against receivers because like they just haven't been challenged that much. You know, there aren't that many receivers that have had a big target volume and they did well against Beckham. He had six targets. They did well against Cooper cup. He had six targets, but for the most part, I've said it before you get six targets against, uh, against the Niners. You do well. 27 of the last 32 wide receivers with six or more targets have had seven yards for a touchdown. Uh, three out of five, I think. It's um, Godwin had a good game. John Ross had a big game. Tyler Boyd had a big game. Juju, I think it's four out of six. Juju had a big game. Okay. No, Deontay Johnson had a big game. Yeah, it's been everybody except for Beckham and, and, uh, and Cup. Even Jarvis Landry had four for 75. So, you know, it's just kind of it's kind of annoying what's to, to evaluate because ordinarily I'd like wide receivers against San Francisco. <sighs> Greg Olson, um, Greg Olson or a streamer like Josh Hill, Cameron Brait, etc. Brait if there's no AJ Howard. And I think that's probably it for me. I'm buying into Brait if there's no OJ Howard. Good track record when he's getting a lot of targets. Okay, and so you so Dave would still have Olsen ahead of those guys, but ahead of like Josh Hill and Johnny Smith, but I don't think Jamie would. I think Jamie has Olsen behind them, right? I couldn't hear you. I'm sorry. Uh, you have Olsen behind Johnny Smith and Josh Hill. Yeah, I don't like Olsen this week. Okay. 
Uh, Sick Garoppolo, talk to me about Coleman and Brita. Same, same deal as last week and the week before. Coleman gets the more the better opportunities. He plays more in the red zone. He's got chances to score. Brita is between the twenties and needs a big play in order to help you out in fantasy. Tevin Coleman or Emmanuel Sanders PPR. I think uh, I think I'll take Sanders. Really? Yeah, I think they get him involved right away. Mm. All right, but but Coleman has sixteen to eighteen carries in each of his last three games since coming back. Uh, you, that's hard to sit. I'm not saying right, but in a PPR league where he's not getting many catches and Sanders does. In his first game with the Niners, by the way, there's only been three games all year where a Niners wide receivers had 50 or more yards. That's why they acquired Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Okay. It's risky. risky I think he can game. get you six for 60 right off the bat. Panthers have not been so great against the run without Kawan Short. And Emmanuel Sanders. Is Emmanuel Sanders, I think you may have already said that, but he, is he the, okay, who's the best receiver in this game? San- oh, no. I'm sorry. DJ Moore. Yeah. Moore, Sanders, Samuel. Start George Kittle. Start the Niners DST. One more game. Seattle at Atlanta. Hmm. Any Anything like... Oh, Tevin Coleman or Devontae Freeman. Let's start with that. Freeman. Um, Coleman in non-PPR and Freeman in PPR. Fair enough. Anything kind of sneaky here? Like, you're everyone's gonna start Julio. Everyone's gonna start Russell Wilson. Everyone's gonna start Matt Ryan if he plays, and uh, what and Tyler Lockett. So then I guess you're looking at Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf. Yeah, Ridley gets a big boost if Matt Ryan plays. Like Ridley would be a, a must-start guy because now he takes Sanu's targets away, and then that should hopefully help him out in a big, big way. Yeah, Sanu is averaging six targets per game. Six of seven wide receivers that have had seven or more targets against. Uh, Seattle have had 13 or more PPR fantasy points. So that's good. But no, listen to this. No wide receiver with fewer than seven targets has had more than 55 yards or a touchdown against Seattle. And Calvin Ridley has had fewer than seven targets in four of his last five games. So that's yeah. bad. But no Sanu now. No Sanu. But does that does that help Hooper? Does it give more opportunities to Justin Hardy? Like, is it a guarantee that Calvin Ridley is going to get more? I don't know. In, in a game that should be high scoring, I'm not sitting Calvin Ridley without. Oh, oh listen, yeah. I, I I think he would be a top 24 receiver with Matt Ryan. You just, you know what you're getting with him. You're hoping that he cashes in on a big player too. So how do you Kinda feel? like DK Metcalf. So, so what would you start Ridley if, um, if it's Schaub? No, because uh, I, I'm number, worried about Number three Schaub. receiver. Fine. You know, he gets, he gets downgraded. Adam, I got to go. So still, enjoy weekend. Cool. Still start Julio Jones. It with Schaub. Uh, I think Julio is still a must-start with Schaub, but I would be nervous about Ridley with Schaub because I don't know if Schaub can drive the ball downfield. I'd be kind of nervous about Devontae Freeman with Schaub, to be honest with you. Sure, I get that. But DK... I also think he oh, can sorry. catch a ton of passes from Schaub. Schaub did not look bad last week when he came in. Very small sample size. We'll see if it translates, but he was on target. He was pretty good. Where are you going to rank DK Metcalf? Flex. He is a flex. He is a top 36 receiver. Emmanuel Sanders or DK Metcalf? I'll take Sanders. I think he's safer. Let's put it that way. If I want to take a chance, if I played against Stephon Diggs this week and Diggs went off in a PPR, maybe I'll, I'll bench him for Metcalf. All right. I got a feeling about Metcalf. He's getting some more targets recently. 
you know, Atlanta's so bad against receivers. They allow the second most fantasy points to quarterbacks, and they're not giving up passing production to running backs somehow, so it's going to the receivers. Uh, I want to finish the show by reading you a text exchange I had with Dave Richard yesterday. (laughs) Dave says, hi, would you like to make a trade? Yes. What would you like for Matt Moore in the 2QB league? Saquon and what else? And I wrote, I'll take Saquon straight up for Matt Moore. Okay, offer it up. Then make an offer I could really consider. I need a quarterback for this week. I replied, who are your quarterbacks? I need one for next week. Breeze and Ryan are on a bye. I only have two, but if you want to give me Ryan for Dak, I could consider once we know for sure that Ryan will play. So I wrote, here's the issue. I don't want to start Cousins. By the way, I have four QBs in this league. I don't want to start Cousins. I want to start Ryan and Breeze. So I don't know what I'm going to do about that yet. Since I have more as a fallback, I can wait, I guess. And Dave wrote, okay. So in other words, I should rot in a fiery hell. Got it. Yeah, I didn't say that, Dave, but I'm sorry you interpreted it that way. My bad. (laughs) I enjoyed that text exchange. I enjoyed talking trade with Dave Richard. And I enjoyed today's show. Thank you for listening, everybody. Dave, uh, play us off. Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.